0: Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching.
1: Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. Martin, Martin, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? Exceptional and getting better every day. <laughs>
0: Fantastic.
1: <laughs> so we have so much to talk about. You have accomplished a lot of great things in your life, but you're not done, right?
0: No, I, I think I'll I won't even be done after I die. I think hopefully my legacy
1: will continue. That's my that's, that's my hope. That's what I like hearing. That you will not be done until way later. <laughs> way later. Right, exactly. And that's what legacy is all about, right? Yeah. To continue once we are somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. But let's let's take a quick second and, and let's consider some legacies that are still around from those people who are not. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, You know, I, I can only think of a couple of books, movies, all these different things, um, architects. Wait, did I say architect? <laughs> oh, I did, didn't I? So Frank Lloyd Wright. I mean, his oh. work is still around. Iconic. Genius, genius stuff. Yeah. Yes. Go for it.
0: Absolutely, Frank Lloyd Wright was was a genius with what he did. It's like, and you have
1: in photography people like Ansel Adams. Mm. And, you know, one of, drawing, one of his drawings, one of his his photographs in my bathroom. So definitely I I see him every day, basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So you get it. So yeah, there's like, there's people who leave their legacy Mm -hmm. in, in many different ways. You know, uh, I can, I can even just look at my own father and see the legacies he left in, in my own little Jewish community here in New York. And uh, people still come up to me and say, your father was a special man. Mm. He's been gone for over 20 years. Oh, wow. And my son has his name and he calls me up once in a while and he says, dad, somebody happened to call the office and here I work there and,
1: and had to speak to me and tell me about grandpa. Oh, That's beautiful, man. You said New York. What part of New York are you in? I'm in Brooklyn. That's why we're neighbors. I'm in Farmingdale, Long Island. <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs> I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when we think of legacy, when we think of things we can't just hope it we got yeah. to action to create a legacy right yeah absolutely. The, the actions the way we behave the way we treat other people for somebody to call your son and want to talk to him and say things about his grandpa even if he did nothing else that but treat someone right that yeah. right is legacy right
2: yeah,
0: you know, and as a child I saw it. Every day I had off from school, my mom would send me to work with my father cuz mm. his office was a mile and a half It's actually his factory it mm. was a mile and a half away from our house. Wow! and I think part of it was I was a little ADHD so my mom was like just get the freak out of the house. <laughs> <We're laughs> go work with dad, you know. And I it's would watch handily.
1: him you go with dad. <laughs>
0: right. And I'd watch him every morning. He owned the factory and he had over a hundred workers. Mm. Okay. But every single day he would walk through and he'd get there like seven, seven 30 and work with his taught for the workers until eight 30. Right. Mm. Every morning he would walk through the factory and say, good morning to every single person there. Wow. And every day he would stop by someone else. Mary, how's your husband? How's everything doing? Bob, what's going on? Everything good in this department, mm. whatever making a connection with them. And when it came to to, uh, Thanksgiving, he'd give everybody a turkey on their way out the the day before Thanksgiving. And after a while, people were like, wait a minute, their turkey is bigger than my turkey. Why'd they get a bigger one? So he came up with a system of, he'd make me come in the day before and write down on little slips of paper all the weights of the turkeys. Mm. And then when they come, they'd have to reach into a bag, pull out a paper, Oh, oh, 12 pounds. That's what you get. <laughs>
1: oh, that's and beautiful. And then he'd give
0: them a bottle of, of booze, you know, scotch, gin, whatever they want. He'd bring them into this little room and they'd pick out what they want and they'd go home with this.
1: Mm. You, know, you know, that is just great business concepts. And if no one gets anything else from you and me today. Yeah. My God, that is genius. Yeah. You know, wh- when you started telling me the story, something popped into my head. Okay. It was gratitude. Because, listen, you're getting a turkey. You should not complain of the size of it. Yeah. <laughs> but th- that's where I said gratitude, because a lot of people don't realize that a gift is a gift. And yeah. you don't complain; you right. accept. Right? Yeah, it's
0: like when we tell our kids when they're little: "You get what you get, and you don't get upset."
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. But a lot of adults don't get that, do they? No, nope, they don't. Yeah, yeah. But he came up with a way. He but made I, it. I love he, the idea. You it democratic. You know,
0: democratic.
1: <laughs> you know w- when you think about it, it's you cannot complain because you chose it. That's right you chose your your destiny if you will
0: that's right you know you put your hand in there and you picked out the piece of paper and they were all the same size there was nothing that anybody my father would be make sure that when they put in their hand they don't feel anything different from any of them cut them all up the same size Mm. so that whenever they go into the bag and there's no anything there's like okay dad i get it
1: oh wow i love that that is that that is so brilliant for your dad. And the fact that he greeted everybody every morning. Yep. And he and, knew who they were. And, and what your dad was was teaching you was such valuable lessons because it's the connections.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's one of the major, and it's not like he told me you should do this. Mm. He just said, let's go, you know, let's walk. And the other part of it is, is when I went to work there, it's not like I was sitting in the office doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to be out on the factory floor. And there was days where he'd say, go clean the bathroom, mm-hmm. go make boxes, go fold the tablecloths," go upstairs and help the cutters because he was in the tablecloth business. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, go do these things. And he said, go empty the, 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 the truck of peace goods that are coming. And the reason he did this was, and he explained this to me as I got older, he said, you can't ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. So if you say to somebody, empty the t- container and they go, well, who the freaking you, you're the boss's f- son. You think you could talk to me that way? You go, we're going to empty the container
1: because
0: hmm. now how can they complain to me? They can't. Right. I'm doing it with them.
1: <laughs> not at all. They can't complain. I'm going to switch our cameras. How's that sound? Wow. Oh, perfect. Thank you so You're
2: much. Right. Now I can so look give right me, at you. <laughs> give me a favor, Martin.
1: Uh, when you get a chance in the private chat, just put in your, your, your information so I can share it with our audience. This way they can find you. So one of the things that, but I'm, I'm loving this connection that you and I have, and, and that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Connections. It's, it's yeah. the impact that we can make on one another. And when we think about the knowledge that your dad passed down without telling you why he was doing it, he was just saying, you have to do this. You have to do this. And then later on, he kind of started giving it to you. Man, can I tell you, I would love to talk to your dad. I know that he may not be around, but what what a man. Yeah, he was something special. At home, you know,
0: he was quiet. And we, I had four older sisters mm. and imagine sitting around a table, a dinner table with four older sisters and nobody's allowed to talk because dad's watching the news. He, <laughs> he'd, he'd take his fork and he'd click it on the, on the, uh, on the, the, the glass and say, Hmm, Walter Cronkite <laughs> <laughs> news. <laughs> so, but he really, he was, he did so much. And then community wise, He was always involved in the community. I come from a small Jewish community in Brooklyn and he was involved in so many ways. Uh, When he moved, he he was born in Egypt. He came here in the forties and he found his way. He worked his way. He, he basically lived the American dream, Mm. came to this country and worked from nothing to building a, a, a beautiful legacy. And in that way, uh when he came, he lived by his uncle, and his uncle's like, Okay, you'll come to synagogue with us, you'll come to our synagogue. And when he got there, he met men who told him, This is what you do, you get involved. And he got involved, mm. right? Uh, and then as he went through the years, he was always the guy that didn't want the 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 accolades, he just wanted to do it in the background. Mm. And I was like, How the heck does he do that? Me, I want the I want the recognition. It was me when I was younger. <laughs> like, if you do the work, you want the but he was always that low key guy.
2: Mm.
0: And in the mid seventies, his mom passed away. She had a she had a stroke, and she ended up in a in a nursing home, and she passed away in the nursing home. And it killed him that he had to put her in the nursing home. Right. And he went to the to the organization, to the synagogue, and he said, "We got to do things for the senior citizens. Not all of them have to end up in a in a nursing home. My, in my grandmother's case, she did, because that was in the seventies. That's what happened." That was the culture at the time, especially for someone with a stroke, so on and so forth. And they all came up with this idea of buying some buildings that were in our neighborhood and turning them into uh, low, it's low income housing through HUD, but they were specifically for senior citizens. Right. And of course, we didn't just leave it for the Jews of our neighborhood. We, We had diversity there as well. Mm. But our, our goal was to get as many of our community members as they were getting older and didn't need the bigger houses that they had because their children were all married and so on right, right. and do that. And they built three buildings that have about 125, 130 apartments be- between them.
1: Oh my Goodness. Your dad, I- I'm just saying, and I know this, we, we're supposed to be talking about you today, <laughs> but you know what? Thank you. Thank you so much for 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 sharing your dad with with us today. Thank you. And with me. I see your dad as he was a visionary, right? He was. And, and for him to, to, to understand what was going on. And not only in, in his own life, but in the life of your family, mm-hmm. the lives of the families that he affected. Right. Because if he hired a hundred people, he was, literally at that point in time, he was taking care of a hundred families. He was responsible for a hundred families. Yeah. And he took that responsibility so seriously.
0: seriously. Yeah.
1: You know, a lot of people who were entrepreneurs, if you will, back in the day or businessmen, if you will, they didn't do it the way your dad did. A lot of them took advantage. A lot of them um, did not care they didn't give him a, a, a turkey for, <laughs> for Thanksgiving. They didn't say, pick any did. booze you want for Thanksgiving. They didn't even think of, like, too bad, you get what you get. Otherwise, I'm going to take it away. Right. Said, Let me find a better way. Right. Oh, my God. Your dad definitely impacted all those people. Yeah. And the fact that your son is seeing yeah. that, I'm sure that, that's very impressionable.
0: Yeah. I mean, when my dad passed away, my son was about 10 years old.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he tells me, he told me soon after he passed away, he knew the moment my father passed away. Wow. Because something happened within him. Mm. He stopped and he felt something. And then he realized when he put it all together that it was something that, that his father, his grandfather had passed away at that moment. Mm. Wow. That's the. That's I haven't the, told that story ever.
1: Mhm that's so, why you're here with me yeah, right? yeah.
0: so i i i'm very proud of my son i'm very proud of my father and the legacy he left
1: mm. so it, for me it was
0: also an idea of how do i leave a legacy as
1: well yeah what well, your son is seeing the, the the effects of your grandfather he's seeing the effects of you mm-hmm. so you you worked at the factory and it, The the lesson I'm getting here is you lead by example. Hmm. That's what your dad was teaching you. Yeah. That's that's my motto as well. Yeah. If I'm gonna tell somebody do something, I'm gonna do it with you. It's not let's you clean the bathroom. No, let's clean the bathroom. Maybe you clean the women's, I'll clean the men's, or vice (laughs) versa. And that's the way I lead. You know, I was at a restaurant, an Italian restaurant, and there's a guy cleaning like it had to be perfectly clean. He was the owner. He was the owner. He was the owner. He was the owner. And he was teaching his employees how to do it. That was the first time I saw him. Now I was, that's the first time when I first opened that business back in 95 in that location. I was in that location for 11 years and it didn't matter throughout those 11 years if I went into that restaurant, he was still cleaning. That's right. He was still making sure that this one did that, this one did this, this one always so, and and greeting the customers. But if you first walked in, you would never know. He, you would think he works for the owner. I'm like, why, why right. is he working so hard? Right. right. You know, uh, I, I hear you, but for me,
0: because I grew up with that kind of a mindset, mm. uh, whenever I would walk into a restaurant and I would see somebody who was doing things that looked mundane, but you can see in their face, they understood why they were doing it. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, that guy was either the owner or the manager Yeah. who got it. Not all <laughs> managers get it. Right. And I, and I would turn to my kids and say, you see that that's the owner. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know? We've never been here before. And then I would walk over to somebody and say, who's that? Oh, that's the owner. See, you can tell.
1: Yeah. But, you know, there's a difference in the way we can develop our team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's called giving them ownership, giving them a purpose to why they work for us, why they're involved, because if they're coming in just for paycheck. It's very funny. I just had this conversation with one of my employees and I said, listen, if you come to work for me and you're coming just for paycheck, you're going to be replaceable. Exactly. If you come and you make this your place, it's going to be very hard for me to replace you and you will be able to go up. That's right. But if you just come for a paycheck, right? It's on you. I, I said, You decide your journey here with me. That's right. And you know, I, talk, they, I talk, yeah, yeah they, they, they were like, What? And yeah. I said, These are all the books. I, I said, Come to my office. These are all the books. I want you to be better. These are all the books that you can start reading. Read this one, read that one. I have no time. Mm-hmm. I said, really? I wow. said, You know what? When you're supposed to come to work for me, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late, right? That's right. Uh Uh-huh. So I said, so when you come 15 minutes early, pick up a book and read it for five minutes. And so you don't tell me you don't have time. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Perfect. So I
0: have that same mindset with my team, Mm. right? Uh, As I'm building my coaching practice, I'm building my my infrastructure. Right. I bring on people and, and I'm hiring them and most of them are outside contractors. Right? And I go, you're part of my team. And I'm like, but you're just giving me a check. I go, no, you work with me. You don't work for me. Mm. And it's the way we, it's the culture that we set up that will decide what happens, okay? And I tell them, if you don't agree with me about something, tell me what it is you don't agree with in a way that's respectful. Mm. Like, for example, if you don't like the way something was written, don't say, I don't like the way you wrote that. Say, I don't like the way this was written. And these are the changes I think could make to make right. it better. Yeah. Don't come to me with a problem without a solution. That's but it. also, don't hold punches. But when you punch, punch with with love.
1: That's it. Be- because it's it's uh, it's better received that way, right? That's right. And that's the same way you, you do it with them, I, I'm imagining. Because I'll, t- I'll tell my team, I say, look, guys, I'm not perfect and I've never met a perfect person. But if you ever meet one, Please introduce me to them. Yeah, there's no such thing. I want to know how <laughs> they no became that. Sense. But then I also- well, I say, tell them,
0: yeah, I tell them, look at the article. And the way you say is, I like this is done, but I think we could do this better and we could do that better. It's the same idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also let them know, listen, I'm, they're like, oh, you, know, you handle this amazingly. I'm like, yeah, but I can improve. Yeah. And I say, yeah. I want you to find- where I can improve. Because if you think I'm great, I I said, you're not looking. I made 100 mistakes. Look for those. And let's build on it. So maybe next time I only make 50. (laughs) And then we, we learn together, we are a team. And then the other thing I said, listen, your salary is based on what I'm paying you but it does not have to stay there. That's right. I don't want to pay you this money. I said, you're just starting out. So that's what you're going to get. And you can stay there if you like, or your actions will make me have to pay you more. Right. But without the actions, you're just a person I'm paying. You're not
0: not giving me any reason to want you.
1: Yeah. And,
0: you know, back in, in my past life, Back in the 80s and 90s, I was in the import-export business. Mm. I would import goods and sell them to, to retailers. I was a wholesaler. Right. And I would tell my salesman, I want you to make more money than me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes. I go, the more money you make as a, um, as a salesman, the more money I make in my business. I want your paycheck to be higher than my paycheck. He's like, but what happens every time I go to one of these places and let's say I crack Walmart and then they go, it becomes a house account. I go, that will not happen here. The only way it happens is if you fail the customer
2: mm. and
0: they come to us and say, we don't want this person
1: anymore. Right.
0: That's on you for doing something wrong. Right, right, But if you treat the customer well and you get, they get the most, we get the most out of them because of the way you treat them. I want you to make more money than I'm mm. making.
1: Yeah. You, you know, one of the things that in business, when we when we allow our employees to really flourish, that means that, yes, you have to still own your mistakes. Right. But we're going to we're going to celebrate your wins. And when you make a mistake, we're going to try to help you understand where the mistake was made and how to avoid it in the future. Because behind closed doors, too. Yeah, if we don't learn from our mistakes, my gosh. Right. And yeah, right. don't close doors, don't burn bridges, right? A lot of people right. are like, oh, I don't need that person.
0: No, no, if, if,
1: if I had to admonish somebody, I would never do it in public. Correct. You know,
0: uh, I'm sorry, I'm the only one in the house and there seems to be somebody ringing the doorbell a couple of times.
1: Well, tell them that Rafael yeah. is not Hello, answering. Hello, can I help you? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Meanwhile, what, while you're doing that... Yeah. We are doing the building behind your property. We need to check the backyard between the...
0: All right, so go into the backyard. You can go. (laughs) I appreciate that. Okay, thank you. All
1: right, Somebody doing work on the building behind. There you go, right? I'm sorry about that. Don't be sorry because it just goes to show that you realized there was a need and you took care of it. Yeah, the power of life Jose Escobar is on here he's watching us Uh, (laughs) oh yes he's he's also my co-host on Heroes Rising oh cool he's he's an exceptional person by the way
0: he's a good man so yeah thank goodness for things like uh like ring I can answer the door without moving from my desk
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah And, and and Jose also he he made a great comment here One of the things, and he also said the power of life, right? (laughs) It is. When we think about everything that you are doing, and we talked earlier about legacy, Mm -hmm. your legacy, what you're doing. Yeah, Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about you were the import-export business. Right. Eventually, that changed for you. What made you? And, and you work for your dad's factory. Let's even go back, right? How about As we go back I, to
0: when I was ten
1: years old? How yeah, do we go let's do that. Back? Let's do that. When you were ten years old, you were going to your dad's factory, right? And you were something happened in my life
0: that set me up in a in a negative way for many years.
1: Did it? At yeah. 10?
0: Yeah. I think it's important for us to talk about that.
1: Let's go for it.
0: So when I was ten years old, I had a tragedy in my family. Mm. Yeah, okay? I told you I had four older sisters. Right. Right. I also had a younger brother who was five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So when I was 10, he was five. Michael uh, was one day uh, getting off the school bus and he dropped something in front of the school bus and the bus driver didn't see him. Oh my gosh. And he drove and unfortunately, four days later, he passed away. And oh. for me, I saw the school bus sta- stopped in front of the house, my sister and I, and we watched as my mother ran out of the house, jumped into the car and drove away only to find out that this was what happened. She had him in his arms Mm. and she ran to the hospital to do whatever she could to save him. Oh my God! So that set me up at that moment. And when you talked about legacy, and as a 10-year-old boy, Mm. what went through my head was after my brother died. And nobody told me this. This is something I built up in my own mind. As a 10-year-old boy, that it's my job to carry on the legacy of the name it's my job. I'm the only boy left. I've got to do it all. And I can, I have to make sure that my parents never feel pain or suffering like that again in their lives. Mm. So at that moment, I can look back now, 50 years later. And when I was four, when I was 50, I figured this out or close to 50. At that moment, I became a people pleaser because my job was to make sure that my parents were always happy. And if they said, this is what you're going to do, I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. If it's going to make you happy, then that's what I want to do. And as I got married, I was now trying to please my wife. I was trying to please my parents. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to please people. And a lot of that had to do with something we talked about earlier about my dad. Him never needed the recognition. I needed it Mm -hmm. because I was looking to get the approval, the acknowledgement, the validation Mm -hmm. for the things I was doing. And they were all good things many of the times. I was a leader. I built the first synagogue in Eaton Town. I was the founder of the first synagogue in Eaton Town. Wow. Yeah. And now there's over 400 families there. Mm. And I did it because this, there was a need for it. But underlying, it was because I could say I was the builder of the synagogue of Eaton <laughs> <laughs> All right. But so along with becoming a people pleaser, the idea of recognition comes into play. Mm. Also I took things personally. I was a control freak mm. and I also had a very short temper.
1: I like the fact that you said had. Had. Yeah, I, I had. like that. I had we're I I, 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 am, I am
0: reformed. <laughs> I am <Martin>. you <laughs> get Martin 2.0.
1: <laughs> I definitely want to we're going to continue with that but at one point we're going to we're going to find out how had was an important part of that conversation yeah. right there. Yeah. So go well, ahead, my friend. I, so listen, I want to tell you, I, I'm really sorry that you, this happened to your family, to your brother, to you, to your mom. You. Um, I, I also lost um, a sibling when I was very young. Mm-hmm. You know, she was poisoned. Actually, I lost two. Oh, God. They were both poisoned. But it, um, it, it's very interesting because my sister, who was a year older than me, I think she's my guardian angel. Wow. I got to tell you. And she, I I think, I think I was maybe three when she passed. So she might have been four. And there's a picture of me and her holding hands. Yeah. And what I gathered is my parents said, we always. They're back again. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm on the
0: Zoom call, guy. What's up? Sorry to bother you, sir. Yeah.
1: Check, we're good. Is there the location, the pole who connect out buildings? So just to let you know, in the afternoon, we have to drill the hole from your back through the garage. Okay. So
0: we back in the afternoon, okay? When you're doing it, let me know. I want to see exactly what you're doing. Perfect. When, okay. when,
1: you want to- let him know he's on the No, podcast. I can't do
0: it now. I'm on a Zoom call. I'm actually on the radio.
1: Okay. okay, we're back to back
0: explain exactly what to do for you. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm so sorry, Steve. I didn't mean to interrupt you oh, Rafael, on your conversation, but that's that that's that's fine. He was going to keep ringing, so I had and he's going to cut in the backyard. I got to see exactly. What oh, no,
1: that, that's a dangerous thing. <laughs> we don't, you know,
0: so yeah, so I'm so sorry about that. and no. And it's interesting that you bring up about that, about being no. a guardian angel.
1: Yeah. Because for I, the I, girl, always, I yeah. always feel her presence, you know, yeah. um, I, I'm number 10 of 12. Oh, wow. So, and I was the first one born in the hospital. So it's a, it's a uh, there's a craziness about me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when, when we think about the people in our lives, the way they touched us, right? And, and your brother, for you to have even seen the bus and your mom take off, my gosh, that yeah, and the fact that it it turned you around to say now I got to please, yeah. And in reality, the I think if you retrospect, look back at it, you were truly just trying to please you the most, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you're probably right. I never thought of it in that way, but you're probably right. But I want to touch on my mother for a minute as well, yes, please. because it's important that you see the beauty of her as well. I mean, mm. thank God she's 90. She'll be 91. Wow. COVID wasn't good for her. Not oh, that she got God. sick, but being home, right. not being able to go driving, not be able to play bridge and mm. keep her mind active has played an mm. unfortunate role the last few years. But so you could imagine what my mother was like, because you, your mother was probably the same way when she lost her children, mm-hmm. right? And she was distraught for a, a while. And I remember, you know, Friday night dinners was a tough time for us because my mother couldn't keep it together at times since she'd run upstairs crying. Mm. I don't know how many times it happened, but I could picture at least once in my mind that that happened. And I don't remember exactly when it happened, but it's there in my memory. Right. But a few months later, maybe I don't know exactly know when someone contacted her and said, you need to find help to help get you through this. Mm. And they started a support group, my mother and another woman with a counselor for, a bereavement group for mothers who lost children. And they built up this group. And after a while, they didn't need the counselor as much because my mother became one of the leaders. And -hmm. in the Jewish community, when someone passes away, you sit for seven days, you have condolence calls, shiva call, it's called. Mm -hmm. She would go to those houses during that week and tell the mother something that nobody could tell them. I know how you feel. And we're here for you and over the years many women have come to me and say she saved my life I wow. get emotional about it because That's seeing it, her man. now as she is and the, the, the impact that she had and her legacy in so many other ways as well but that one specifically
1: oh my gosh yeah you, you're definitely uh, touching upon the emotions here
0: yeah yeah this is a heavy duty one so I apologize but
1: Why? look no. this is what's coming out today I, I appreciate listen the the honesty the truth the, the the love and the emotion that's who you are i can yeah. see i can see your big heart coming through that screen my friend <laughs> and and the fact that you're not too far from me we're gonna have to uh, grab, grab a meal one day oh hundred percent hundred percent
0: maybe we'll get jose to come down from uh from maryland uh, and yeah, join right. us that would be cool come up from maryland yeah. i should say well actually
1: i have even really good news for you are you ready in yeah. July, thirteenth through the sixteenth, Jose and I are doing a Heroes Way, we- uh, Heroes Rising Apex. We're having a big conference here in Long Island. Oh, fantastic! We're going to want you there, right? Oh, but before that happens, maybe we'll we'll spend some time together, you and I. Yeah, um, I think I need to give you a big hug too. You know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, I'm a hugger. So we'll go oh, for it. Man. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you you know. When you the emotions come up when you're thinking about what your mom did for other people, yeah, and the fact that she was not there to, and th- and there's nothing wrong with somebody helping somebody, but she actually knows exactly what that person went through.
0: Yeah, That's and the- you know my mom never talked about that stuff. She, mm. she barely ever ever talked about Michael. She barely ever did, and and one day. I'd say it's about 20, 25 years ago, give or take. She calls me up one day. She says, Martin, I need you to do me a favor. She said, do you remember you went out with this girl who's actually a Long Island girl Mm. many years ago? I said, yeah, I remember her very well. We went out for about a year. Nice young lady, nice woman. She goes, well, she lost her brother. And somehow or another, her mother from Long Island found her way. To our support group. No way. Wow. Yeah. And her mother said to me, said to my mother, to my mother, that my daughter is struggling with this. I don't know what to do. Mm. So my mother said, can you call her up and take her out for lunch one day and talk to her? Mm. I'm like, Ma, I'll do whatever you say. All right. Called her up. We went out for lunch and I told her, I know how you feel. Mm. Never spoke to her again, but that one day meant a lot to her, to her yeah. mother, and to my mother, and to me.
1: Yeah, and to you too. You know, it's, um, it's very interesting. I lost my brother, when he, uh, another family member, when he was 42. Hmm. But I was very fortunate. I think I'm hearing an echo. Oh, yeah? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm hearing an echo. Do you have any you want, anything? I, else? I have headphones. Do you want me to put them on? No, we can do. Um, just go to audio echo cancellation. I have it on, so it should be fine. Okay,
0: let me just find it's out just where on. where it is.
1: <laughs> Guys, <laughs> this is. Should I go to settings? So where it says settings? Yeah. Click on echo cancellation. All righty, it's on. That is weird. Let me see. I don't. Oh, I don't hear myself anymore. You don't have any other open tabs where like on YouTube or anything like that? Nothing right? else on. Okay.
0: Yeah, everything's closed.
1: Let me talk. Oh, I don't hear me anymore. Okay. <laughs> the <Okay>. power <laughs> of live,
0: right?
3: <laughs> it's a
1: beautiful, beautiful thing. So Jose, by the way, says uh, he can't wait to see you at Heroes Rising Apex. Cool. So, yeah, he's really um, cool. he's a phenomenal human being. But, you know, so I was fortunate that my brother, they gave him two weeks to live. So we were able to sit with him, visit Mm. with him Mm. in the hospital. And he was able to say goodbye to all of us. Wow. Including his wife, his daughter. And, and, you know, every day when I come out of my bathroom, right on my wall right there is his picture. Mm -hmm. So I see him every day. Wow. Wow. And um, it's, it's really interesting when, when we can say that we've had a chance to know a beautiful person. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. 100%. So you were talking before about your sister being a, a guardian angel before, we got fall, before the doorbell rang. And, and for many years, for many years, people, whether they knew me or not, because mm-hmm. my name is Martin, his name was Michael, would call me Michael. Mm. And for many years, I would shudder when they said that, mm. because for me it would bring back those emotions. Right, right. And then, as I went through life coaching, which is how the had become had, okay, that we talked about before,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I started to realize it's how I'm looking at things, and it's it's the, I'm I'm receiving the wrong message out there. And the message I I'm, I'm now receive and when someone says my, calls me Michael or refers to my brother or anything is that he's with me. Right. God or him is telling me he's with me.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. That's yes. exactly what I see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, it's weird because even when my mom passed uh, January, I'm not January, uh, March of 2020, Right before we closed down for the pandemic. Right. Here's another one. I got the chance to sit with my mom for a week before she passed. Mm. We didn't know she was going to pass, but I had this feeling in me. And I said, I have to go to Florida. I have to visit with her. And it was a beautiful, beautiful time. Mm -hmm. And at, at the funeral, a lot of people were like crying and all this stuff. But I'm not that. I wasn't there to cry i was there to celebrate her life and remember the good things the same thing with my brother my brother was hysterical that that guy was just super funny and and every so often like when we're sitting with my family we'll just say some of the things that he used to say and we all just crack up right it's it's keeping alive not only in our heart but in our mind as well right 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 100 yeah so at 10 years old, this this thing happened, um, and you thought that you had to please everyone. Mm-hmm. became a yeah. people pleaser, right? Yeah. And when you start pleasing other people so much, you wind up hurting yourself, right?
0: Exactly right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But you don't recognize it. You don't yeah. recognize it at the moment. Because you know what? And this is something that I, I mentioned to you before we came on the air that uh, part of my coaching courses, I just came out with a card deck. Mm. Okay. Uh, It's called the warrior. (laughs) I always get screwed up when I'm on screen. I was going to share that, but go for it. The warrior to warrior card deck. Uh, And in here I have something. So when I would do these things, right. And I knew that it wasn't the right thing to do, Mm. but I would rationalize that I was doing it for the greater good. Mm right? The greater good is I'm making everybody happy or I'm feeding my ego or whatever it is, whatever excuse that I would say was a reason that later on was really just an excuse. Right. And as I later in life, I look back at this now and I realized that the word rationalize is really two words. Rational lies. Mm. Whenever you think you may be doing something that goes against your values, you will rationalize all the reasons why it's okay. What you're really doing is lying to yourself that it's rational to think that. They are Mm. that. They are nothing more than rational lies. Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. Wow, that's deep. And, And so you created this card deck. Yeah. What was the purpose of creating it?
0: Okay. So let me tell you a little bit of my story, the continuation of it. And then yes, we can fill that in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. that. So Absolutely now, it. Yes, this sir. is who I was for the next close to 40 years of my life. Mm. Successful, had failures, up and down in business my whole life. Right. Now, in 2008, my wife and I are working on a multi million dollar project to mm. build a tennis and health club down by the Jersey Shore. Mm. Okay. And this came about in, in the early 2000s, 2000, 2000, like 2003 or so. I was closing a business and she's like, okay, I don't really want you sitting around doing nothing all the time, even though you have income coming in, whatever it was, I don't want you sitting around. And I'm just starting to play tennis and I'm having difficult time playing, finding places to play, finding court time, right? Maybe we should open up some tennis courts. I was like, okay, deep down inside the people pleases me like, okay, how could I please my wife? Mm, Okay. right. But then on the other levels, I'm like, okay, maybe there's something here. So we start doing the research. We do a feasibility study. Yes. You need tennis courts in the area, but it's not going to be enough to sustain itself. Mm. You have to have other ancillary things, Correct. health club, different things, build it up. So it's like, okay, cool. Now we go find the land. Can't find the land the where we want it to be to buy. We have to do uh, land lease. Okay. And then, we we say okay now we got to find the architecture we got to find the engineers we, then we got to go through the process of getting approvals from the town from the state from the city all that stuff this takes us five years
1: oh my gosh
0: right and I'm putting in money the whole way mm. you know and I'm getting uh, investors and all that to the tune of over three million dollars mm. now if if it would have been two thousand six two thousand seven and we go to the bank the banks are like yeah here's all the money you need right. Cause they were lending like there was no tomorrow.
1: That's why we had a problem.
0: <laughs> right. So now comes the summer of 2008 and fate would have it. That's when I decided, okay, we got all the approvals. Let's go get the loan.
2: Right.
0: And it's like, we're not lending right now. What are you talking about? Well, things are slowing down a month later. COVID, COVID, not COVID. I'm sorry. Bernie Madoff, <laughs> yeah.
1: subprime oh.
0: loans, the yeah. financial world crashes the next day I was broke Mm. because there was no way I was ever going to get the money. Right. right? I lost everything. Wow. Okay. To the point that I stopped paying my mortgage. I stopped paying my car payments. And a couple of months later, my son tells me dad, they're towing away your car. Mm. I was repossessed. My car was repossessed. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And it took me about a year to get out of this situational depression that I was in. And I put it that way because it was literally the situation that was going on. Mm. And there's more to that story, but not pertinent to what we're talking about here. So it took me about a year. And I said, okay, I'm tired of being a businessman. I'm tired of the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just for me at that time, I was burnt out. Mm. So I said, what did I like to do over my life? I liked getting involved in the community events. And it was about that. I liked showing people that no matter how much they think they couldn't do by giving me just a couple of hours, I could show them how much that would help the organization. I was a coach without even realizing I was a coach. (laughs) Yes. So I said, you know what? I should become a life coach. Mm. So I did my research. I found a place and I said, okay, this is going to start in a few months from now. Great. About two months before that was my 24th wedding anniversary. And my wife says, I'm done. I want a divorce.
1: No way. Yeah. Oh.
0: You know, there's 364 other days of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine how I felt. I was, oh, yeah. I was decimated. I was angry, sad.
3: Every mm. emotion
0: you could imagine. right, right. right and i looked at my, and i could have just rolled into a ball and cried and had my own little pity party right and i did a little bit of that to be honest mm-hmm. but as i said as i got through this i was like okay well I'm, i still want to go to life coaching school and you know what i think this was god telling me you you want to go to life coaching school well let's make sure you got a lot to work on when you go there <laughs> yes. you recognize that it's, you've got some things you got to change mm. and that's what happened that first weekend at coach training they go before you could coach other people. It's okay to recognize you need to change yourself mm. in the areas you need to change yourself. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. Right.
1: We talked about that, didn't we? I think
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I started to unpack those things of my past, mm. open up that baggage. Yeah. Right. I'm a people pleaser. I have a short temper. I take everything personally. And you know where that one came from that I, Realized I take everything personally. Do you ever read the Four Agreements? Mm. Yeah. Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah.
1: yeah. The
0: second agreement: Don't take anything personally. Do not. So I was like, "Wow, that's an interesting concept." <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like I walked into a pitch black stadium, giant stadium with the lights off, and somebody flicked on all the lights and went. oh. <laughs>
1: There you are. <laughs>
0: he was telling me a secret that everybody had been telling me my whole life. But until that moment, I wasn't ready to hear it. And when he told it to me, it came through like, like a siren. I got it. You got it. And I was like, wow, that's what I've been doing. I've been carrying the world on my shoulders. I take everything personally. Now, did it uh, change overnight? <laughs> I wish.
1: No, it does not change overnight.
0: I <laughs> But I set myself up by saying, I'm gonna start taking care of myself first, mm-hmm. as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. Right. Right. And then I build from there.
1: Yeah. That, and now, that now I can key. look back
0: and say, I'm Martin 2.0. Yeah.
1: That that is the, absolutely the key, is because w- one of the things that you know, that self-mastery, right? And in a way for you to be able to work on you. You have to be something that a lot of people will, will say, you're so selfish. Yeah. And then I'm going to say, you're right. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take care of me before I take care of you. Yeah, And, and I'd rather be selfish because in the long run, I'm going to be selfless. Right. I'm going to be a giver more than a taker. Because what did you find in business? What did you find with everybody most people are takers, right? That's right. It's, it's rare to find a giver. And when they give, people are always saying, why are you giving? Like people say to me, you tip well, you give so much. You're not getting anything in return. That's so not why you do it. That's what you think. You think I'm <laughs> not getting anything in return. Right. But if you put out into the
0: universe, I'm doing this because I want something in return, yeah. It's so much the reason why you won't get anything in return. Right. <laughs> yes.
1: You get zero.
0: <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So
1: that's how you used to be short tempered.
0: Right. Right. I could say I'm a recovering people pleaser.
1: <laughs> you, you know, one of the things that um, anybody who knows me, If you ask them, have you ever seen Raphael mad or angry or ticked off? In unison, they will all say no. Wow. How beautiful is that? No. And people go, how do you do it? I said, well, I found out a long time ago that if you yell at me and I internalize that, I just gave you my power. If I yell back at you, if I go negative on you, I'm giving you my power again. So I like power. I want to keep it.
0: I actually had that conversation with somebody the other day. (laughs) I had that conversation with someone the other day. Mm. I said, imagine somebody comes and starts yelling at you. They are expecting you to yell back. But if you keep your tone monotone, eventually they have to come down from where they're screaming. Because they're trying to get you up to their level so that they can be in control of the situation. But if you keep your own cool, then they never have control of the situation. And eventually either they give up or they come down to speak at your level.
1: You know, Martin, I'm going to tell you, I've experienced that, but I've also experienced people getting madder.
0: Yeah, it could
1: happen. Because they're like, how come you're not heated up like I am? (laughs) I'm like, because two hotheads don't make it cool, man. That's right. (laughs) Now, I was the hothead. Mm. Okay.
0: And I actually, this is part of my course. I I show people how to go from confrontation to conversation.
1: That's it. That's it. That's exactly. And and when we think about the words we use, right, they can hurt. And, and, and there's a little book. I have a martial I have a large martial arts school in New York. And there's a little book that I give all the like the three and three and a half year old kids. And it's called uh Something with Words. It's a it's a cute little book. I buy books for the kids. But here's the thing, they don't get it unless they work for it. Right. So this is the way i do it so
0: it's a reward
1: they they when they become like student of the day or they work they win a challenge whether it's push-ups running whatever it is jumping they get a a, a gold coin and i call them sifu coin so they get a sifu coin when they collect enough sifu coins they can buy certain books that i have and what winds up happening is I'm teaching them how to set goals, how to save, how to right. invest, right? I love it, I love and it. And what winds up happening is when that's the only book I give them without them having to work for it, because it's all about how the words you use can help or hurt someone. Right. right? So, and, and so at that young age, I, I, I said, hey guys, I want you to read this with your parents every day. And they're like, "Oh, you gave me a book." I'm like, "Yeah." And then I go over to the parents and I go, "Give me a favor. Make time to read this with your kids." Mm, I love Thank it you so much, but because it's it's the words, right? And I'm always, I'm not just teaching martial arts. I'm teaching character development, empowerment. You know, building that confidence in us to be able mm. to develop into better human beings the other thing is i have a SWAT team which means special winning attitude team and i teach them public speaking because they're 8 9 10 12 14 15 16 18 i got guys in there who are in their 40s Mm. i'm teaching them how to communicate with other people through the words that we use so that communication is key and it doesn't have to be when you are in college, you can start that when you're six, seven, eight years old. And that's right. That's the best time.
0: That's right. I have to tell you, you sound like
1: Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yes, daniel son Yes,
0: daniel
3: Wax
2: on. Wax off.
3: <laughs> I have this
1: sense I want you to look at for me. <laughs> so... You decided to continue, even though there was turbulence in your waters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said, you know, I'm going to go for it. This this my my wife at the time said, I'm out. And you said you could have had a pity party. And you, kind of, you had a little bit of a pity party, but you could have been deeper into it. Some right. people get into boozing and all this nonsense. And, mm-hmm. You know, you decided I had a plan. I'm going to stick with it. That's right. right. And that's a beautiful thing. A lot of people don't follow up because something got in the way. Yeah. and A lot of great people. became that way because they fought through any adversity and a lot of people who could have been great didn't yeah they let that adversity take control right you didn't you know the difference between good and great is focus that is the that is the focus and ambition right and being relentless right if you will
0: yeah absolutely
1: so you decided to go into coaching And then you said something very interesting. God told you, this is your path. Right. This is what I have for you. This is where you are going to shine. Yeah. This is where your legacy is going to really continue. Mm -hmm. You may have started it earlier on. You may have lost focus, but this is where it's going to truly flourish. Because, you know as a business owner you helped a lot of people you you helped that architect who who never who never went through with this the plans for your tennis court you helped them with their business right you helped everyone you were looking to please your wife but you did one more thing and as you pleased yourself and you pleased that desire in you to to Continue with that journey that you you had in your mind, right? Yeah. Said okay, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna do it. That's it. So that's that's, uh, congratulations on on being resilient. Thank you. And and I think that's that's the other thing between uh, good and great is that resilience, right? Absolutely. Flexibility, resiliency. Hundred percent. (laughs) Hundred percent. So, and I want to talk about your card deck because. You, you showed it to me before we started this episode and you said, I want to talk about this. And I said, yeah, I definitely want to bring that up. Mm. But you didn't have this in mind the day you went for your first day of training. Not even close. Not even close, right? Not even close. But something in you told you god a message a moment in time said i have to create this yeah help more people
0: yeah i can it was funny because i was at a conference the last couple of days and they said can you remember the moment that set you on the path that you're on now Mm. they've used different words but that's basically what they said i said i can okay it started in 2008 it continued in 2010 or whatever that the divorce started and then continued by by going through the coaching and all that And after that, I became a divorce recovery coach Mm. because I had recovered from divorce. I wrote a book on it and I was doing that for a few years. But what happened was is at the same time, I was in a dead end job. Mm. Okay. And I was blaming the world for me being in the dead end job. I had stopped, even though I was coaching, I was allowing the outside forces to let me think the wrong way. Mm. And to the point that I got to the heaviest ever was in my life.
3: Mm.
0: Right. And one day I'm walking home from synagogue with a friend of mine. So he walks away and I walk up my stairs and I trip and I go flying <laughs> into the wall of my house, scraping my arm mm. and injuring it. Literally, I bruised my arm. Right. My friend comes running back. He goes, Martin, are you okay? It sounded like an earthquake.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: no he didn't mean anything by that. Right. But I got it and I got up. I was like, yeah, okay got into the house, went into the shower and I looked up and washing myself off. And I go, okay, God, I got the message. <laughs> and a, a friend of mine had been posting on Facebook that he was doing a 30 minute workout from home. Mm. I was like, well, I can't afford a gym. I'm working from, I leave at seven, I get home at seven. Mm. Right, I don't have the time to go to the gym. Right? But I could carve out some time to work out in my house with a video. Yeah. So I carved out 30, 45 minutes and started working out. And those first few weeks were killers. Mm. I was I was heaving. I, I could mm. and I was following the moderate, i following the moderated person on the call. That's how out of shape I was. Mm-hmm. And I started reading better, eating better. I started letting myself be coached because I realized. I could, I was so saying I couldn't afford to coach, mm-hmm. be coached by the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford to not be coached. And I realized I'm being stupid here. I'm investing in myself. So I've got to figure out how to afford it and barter mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And in nine months, I lost 65 pounds.
3: Oh, good for you.
0: And then I went from self-conscious to self-aware, which is another card in my deck. But here's where this moment came in. I started doing things like I read books like Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. Mm. I read this woman, Genevieve Davis becoming magic. She's awesome. She's very, she's way under the radar, but she's everybody should read her. And I started meditating and I'm ADHD. Could you imagine an ADHD (laughs) guy meditating?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, you meditate on one thing, then you meditate on another thing, and you meditate on another exactly. thing.
0: And I was doing one of those guided meditations mm. for 10 minutes. Okay, when's this going to be over? <sighs> this is what's going through my head. But one time, I had this download of information that I loved my life. Mm. And I wanted to show other people how they could love their life too. After my 10-minute meditation, I wrote for over two hours. And out of that came the acronym LIFE, Live Incredibly Full Every Day. Mm. And that became my mission, to show people how they can live incredibly full every day, no matter what's going on in their world. And then I started dating, and because I had a better sense of self, self self-worth, self-love. And I met somebody, And we started dating. And after about a month, I realized this was the one. Mm. And I told her, I'm falling in love with you. And we've been married for almost five years now.
1: Oh, congratulations.
0: Thank you. And in 2020, the world shuts down. It does. And it's May of 2020. And this three weeks of shutdown is not three weeks anymore. It keeps going and going. And I realized that everybody is freaking out, worrying. Mm. And I'm not. I'm like, why am I not worrying? Why is everybody worrying and I'm not? I realized the last 10, 12 years have prepared me for anything, even COVID. Mm. I got on Facebook. I said, guys, I get it. Let me show you how to go from being worried to being a warrior. Mm. And I started to build my course on that. And I wrote a book that I'm editing. And then I met somebody who talked about doing cards. And I heard the call and I made the cards.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. So I know we went a little over here, but I cards. think
0: it was great. Yeah. I, I
1: need some cards. I need some cards in my life.
0: <laughs> ConnectedMartin.com.
1: <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know, um, w- when when we think about COVID, how so many people shut down, so many businesses shut down, and somebody said to me, this is, like you said, like three weeks or something. I said, I don't know. And then it was like two months, and somebody goes, You think this will be over by summer? (laughs) And I personally said, no. And they're like, what do you mean no? I said, this is going to be around for a little while. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Right. And, you know, we still have the effects of it. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, I, I got some new clients. And they were both wearing masks. But then I had other clients who were not wearing masks. So right. people have different um, ideas, concepts, and everything else. I have another friend who was in the hospital I went to visit. I had to wear a mask. So I think wearing a mask to a hospital should be forever. It's, it's never going to go away. It's great. I love it. I, I think that, it, you know, because, listen, you don't want to get anybody that you're visiting sick, and you don't want to get right. whatever.
0: Right, exactly.
3: Too so many things
1: going on in the hospital.
0: Exactly Right.
1: Martin, I am having a blast with you, my friend. <laughs> <Me> I <too. laughs> am so happy you and I connected, and it's incredibly funny and in how small this world is that we both know. Jose, yeah, that's right. That's Jose right. did not introduce us, right? No, no. But it's it's a, it's an incredible journey that you're on, and it's Thank a you. journey that. You're not alone if you know what I mean right I do I do know what you mean um, and, and,
0: and that's the message you should be sending we should be sending out to everybody
2: yes. no
1: matter where you are in your life, you're not
0: alone. Right. And if you're not coaching with me and if you're not coaching with Raphael, that's fine. Yeah. Find somebody you everybody needs a coach. That's one thing I got out of what I went through. every coach needs a coach and everybody needs a coach.
1: Oh yeah, without a doubt. so, so I think that you need to definitely be At Heroes Rising Apex in July and bring a stack of those cards because everybody who's coming from I have people coming from Australia, uh, New Zealand, uh, Italy, Singapore, all over the world. So it's going to be an international event. They're all going to want to have your cards. So, all right. I'm down by
0: the shore in the summertime, but I'll come to Long Island, Long Island,
1: Long Island. Yeah. What's, what's one word of advice for somebody who either is looking for a coach or is looking to become a coach?
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Okay. Mm.
0: Uh, start with yourself and recognizing what's working and more importantly, what's not working in your life. Mm. For you to be a coach, you've got to go through it first. That's so right. that you could be the leader. okay. And if you're not, if you're just looking for a coach, which is fantastic, why are you looking for a coach? Recognize that there are things that have to change and be willing to change them.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've taken some people, uh, well, at least I had an interview with people and I said, you know what, I'm not the right person for you. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you why. Because they didn't want to be coached. They didn't. They, they just wanted to say, I have a coach,
0: yeah.
1: right? And I'm like, cool. But if you're trying to teach me what I'm supposed to teach you and you're doing it wrong, why are you even coming to me? Yeah. And I, I've actually said to people, I said, listen, you're so good at what I do that you don't <laughs> need me. Hey, listen, I fired a client once. Oh, I fired many clients, yeah. many no, clients. This
0: guy, one guy every week, come in, I know you're supposed to do my work. i like, dude, you need therapy at this point. You're not doing what you need to do.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you want to throw money at me? There's no, And I at the time, I, I needed the money, mm. but not at the point that I was getting. I was just taking someone's money with
1: nothing back. Right. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. One of the things I I recently, maybe a couple of months ago, I fired somebody because they we went through all this process of work, 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 work. And they said, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I said, OK, I came back. So tell me about the things that you did do. Oh, I told you I was doing it, but I was going to get to it. Oh, really? OK, so, you know, you're paying me. Yeah, I know I'm paying. I said, I'll make you a deal. I'll say, we're going to sit together again next week because we have a call next week. And if I want you to evaluate our relationship. Because if you are going to continue not doing the work, but I have to do all the work for you, I'm going to have to double up. (laughs) but if you're willing to do the work then I am there for you I am your coach right so we had a meeting again and I said so what is your outcome well I realize I'm not going to really do the work I'm not ready I said no problem I said listen I, I I'm here anytime you change your mind but let me ask you a question everything that I've trained you in so far and it's all yours. I don't get anything back. You have all the material, you have everything. Do you think that was worth it? They're like, it was worth way more than I paid you. I said, okay. I said, so you can still use it. That's right. I said, I want to wish you the best. But that's it. And, and now I interview people if they want to work with me because I don't want to go through that again. And if you're not going to do the work, then I am not the right person for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. I say it all the time. The best coaches in the world, you could have the best coach in the world. But if you're not doing the work, they're the worst coach in the world to you. Or you can have the worst coach in the world. Yeah. But if you're doing the work, they're the best coach. Yeah. yeah. It's up to you to do the work to make the coach look good. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. We're just here to, to, to ask the questions. to to facilitate what you already know
1: yeah facilitate that growth you know what one of my coaches says to me i love working with you i go why he goes you do the work yeah you're you're one of my best clients you never complain and you over you do more than i ask you right is that bad he goes no you're my best client
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it made me think of something a, 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 mutual friend of mine and Jose's, he's, he's a mentor of mine. One day as his name is Dr. Obama Bowen, he was, we were on a call, a mastermind call. And he goes, tell me about the things that you think are, are holding you back. Mm. So I said, well, I've always been told I'm, I'm lazy and immature. So I, I I'm like, a am a procrastinator. Everybody started laughing. He said, I said, what's well, so funny. He goes, I guess you don't understand the meaning of procrastinator because you're the only one that comes back every single time ready. You've done the work and you're ready to go. So Mm -hmm. you probably just don't understand what the word
2: procrastinator means.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's important that what you just said, that you believed it because you were told it. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm always telling everybody is do not believe anyone. Right the most faith you have to have, of course, for me, it's God, but also in the person looking back in that mirror. That's right. And have a clean mirror. (laughs) (laughs) If your mirror is dirty, you're not going to see the right And not when you
0: get out of the shower and it's all fogged up.
1: Right. (laughs) Clean it off. Clean it off. (laughs) Martin, I've had a blast, my friend. Listen, by the way, um, I definitely want you, um, you know, Keep this connection open and we'll well. get together sometime soon. All right, my friend. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Have an amazing and blessed day, my friend. And to you and everybody,
0: live incredibly full every day.
1: Yeah. Don't go away. I have a, I want to talk to you right after we say goodbye. All right. All right, everybody. Take care. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye.